Hey everyone, it's Reverend Beth, and you're listening to Souls in Souls. Have you ever felt in your life like you're broken? Deep down inside, just kind of a mess, not a whole person. In today's conversation with the naked pastor, he challenges that view and says that his life experience suggests actually we're all whole. That's the beauty of it. We just got to learn to remember. I'm thrilled to bring you this interview, this deep conversation, and I trust that you'll find something here that feeds your soul. Take a listen. Today I'm in conversation with David Hayward. You might know him better as the Naked Pastor, though I can assure you he's uh, well-dressed today. David is a pastor turned artist, and he paints, he draws, he thinks, he speaks about uh, what it takes to be free um, and to be you. He's a deconstructor of ideas uh, that no longer serve and a lifelong spiritual seeker of the authentic self. And so welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And hello, yeah. everyone. Yeah. So I, I will admit I um. I've seen your artwork for years and appreciated it. And it, it, strangely, it wasn't until I heard you speak after very soon after Roe versus Wade was um, struck down that okay. I uh, put together, oh, that's who that guy is. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm so curious. I mean, obviously, art is your main medium. Um, yeah. But I, I, my question to you, <laughs> kind of out of the blue off from the side corner is, are there things in life that still surprise you like that? Like, do, do you get thrown off by, I thought the world worked this way, or I, I, I thought I knew um, something? <laughs> oh, yeah, all, all the time. And, it, and it's funny, uh, um, I, I get that from a lot of people, actually, where they've seen my cartoons for years. And, uh, you know, then it, it, it dawns on them that there's a person behind that somewhere drawing them. And uh, so, you know, it, it happens all the time, but yeah, I'm constantly being surprised uh, by what's happening in the world and, you know, things that are going on, um, although I'm not shocked. So, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe I am shocked, but not surprised. I'm, I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's a world full of wonder, that's for sure. And uh, I, I'm one of those that, you know, gets wondered uh, many times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so I, I just for those who, who, you know, in this medium, hard to uh, see what we're talking about, but interestingly, and perhaps not at all surprisingly, one of right. my favorite pieces of yours is one of your first that kind of went viral that I think you call it a racer and um, yeah. Jesus, right? It's, it's the risen Christ, I guess, because he's got the crown of thorns and um, <laughs> he's there with his pencil with the eraser. Can, can you describe that one to people? And if that yeah. still holds meaning for you? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I drew that yeah, many, many years ago. Um, and it's become one of my most popular ones. I, could, I do call it eraser. And it just shows a bunch of people with uh, pencils, big fat pencils, and they're drawing lines between them, dividing lines between them, mm -hmm. and drawing themselves into little boxes. And in the meantime, in the middle of them all is Jesus with his big fat pencil upside down, erasing those lines, much to the consternation of the other people there. 
And, uh, you know, originally I, I just, uh, you know, that verse where it says there's no, no longer any dividing wall between us. So I, that's how I saw it was, uh, um, there may not be dividing walls between us, but it seems that there's a lot of people constantly trying to rebuild those. So uh, that's that's my my view of the world is that we are one, uh, and that um, any um, things that seem divisive and all that just seem divisive. That that things uh, thoughts seem to divide us into camps when in fact we're one deeply united at a fundamental level. And I don't mean that just spiritually, but even, you know, quantum physically, um, scientifically, you know, uh, philosophically, whatever you want to say, yeah. I think we are deeply united and one. And, you know, the increased attempts these days to divide people into tribes and camps and schools and parties and, and all this is um, works against, I think, that primal message of the of the gospel of the uh, reconciliation of all things that I think is a reality and not a hope. So you, in a sense, you see your work as as bringing to light or to the fore for people. I, I mean, I, I don't want to call it a truth because that feels a little too loaded, but a, a reality. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's my, I work from the assumption that we're one mm -hmm. and that we don't need to work to be united. We already are. And now we need, just need to figure out how to live that. Whereas some people view that we are divided and we need to figure out ways to bring us together. And I think that's the wrong direction. For me, I assume we're one. There's unity uh, in diversity. And if we can appreciate diversity, realizing that we're already one, there's no work to be done except figuring it out, navigating that, I think we'd be a lot better off. Well, and you use that common language of seeking the authentic self. So yeah. it's the same principle, right? That, that within us, we are already whole and lovable and yes. um, good enough. Yes. Yeah. 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 That we're, you know, there, there is a, a, a long theological, but it's not just religious. It's, mm -hmm. it's in all of culture where we're somehow broken and, and um, need repair either through endless therapy or through some kind of uh, uh, savior or religious practice or whatever. And my, my argument is that we are, um, we are whole already. Mm -hmm. When you see that, that's where the healing is. The healing is in actually embracing yourself as you are. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and so the, it's the same way with community, beginning with my wife and I and our family and then working its way out into the world is mm -hmm. we assume that we're, we're united, that we're one. And mm -hmm. we, we just figure out ways to manifest that or make that a reality in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. so I think it's a powerful, I think that's a powerful way to approach that rather than thinking that we're broken, need to be fixed, or that uh, as a society, we're broken and need to be repaired. Um, you know, it, I, I really do think we are um, connected and, mm -hmm. and 
if we lived accordingly, I think that's the healthiest direction to go in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm going to talk in a few minutes about your, you know, whole leaving the pastorate piece, but oh, yeah. I, just before that, I'm, I mean, week in and week out, I feel like I preach a message that's similar to what you're saying. It's like, and what I find one of the moments in particular, when I find people revert to some, uh, I don't know, like, it feels like it's an externally deeply embedded thing that they're taught about their separateness is, is in moments of, of, stress and grief and they go to you know religious people go to why did god take my loved one or um mm-hmm. just some view that seems like um you know almost without disrespect that like a six-year-old theology mm-hmm. so why do you find for yourself or in the circles you move in that um that it's a continual work of trying to reorient to what you name as um, a reality do you feel like society is so impactful in how it tells us we're broken and separate um mm-hmm. that it's a constant work it is yeah it is you're right, society, the world, it's very, very loud and convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, when when you think about, like, say, Carl Jung, uh, the mm-hmm. depth psychologist, um, he argued that we need to integrate those parts of us that seem alien to us or separate mm-hmm. from us or uh, the, are the shadow, the dark, um, those things, those scary things we meet in our dreams aren't other. They're actually um, an unconscious aspect of ourselves. But for me, it might be a beautiful woman or it might be a witch or there might be monsters. And these things aren't outside of myself as we might have in ancient times. They are actually aspects of my own personality that or my, my own self that somehow need to be integrated um consciously they're already there but they're um they they seem scary they're frightening they seem like other because they're not integrated but it's not like it's we're broken it's just like we need to acknowledge and accept and embrace all the aspects of ourselves and um and it's the same in culture and society in our families and our marriages and any of our relationships it's um, we are maybe frightened or offended or scared, you know, something of the other person when in fact, um, they're, they're manifesting maybe an aspect of ourselves that we aren't even aware of. Mm-hmm. And, and again, Young, he said something to the effect that um, that which you hate most in others is that which you are most ignorant of in yourself, that you're unaware of in yourself. And so it's, it's, I think this um, coming to consciousness, this sounds really new age. I'm not a new age person, but <laughs> that, that sort of coming to consciousness in my own personal life uh, also affects my uh, relationships with, yeah. with others, those I know and love and those I, I don't know and hate, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it's the whole, it's the whole world <laughs> is involved in this, um, raising our consciousness and integration and, um, you know, in, into becoming full and whole and authentic human beings. So 
you left, um, you know, formal religious leadership many years ago. Yeah. And sometimes people walk away mad, but I'm, I'm hearing that you've, um, and sometimes people walk away sort of having lost their faith, but I, I, I'm not having any sense of that with you, that there's an evolution in your spiritual journey that seems deeply rooted, actually, probably in what brought you here, even even that served you in the pastorate. But I might be reading into it. Well, no, no, um, I think you're right. The, what led to my departure? No, I've been in and out of ministry a few times over the years. I've, I've served the church as a pastor for about 30 years. I had, actually, let me correct that. I had served the church as a pastor for about 30 years. <clears throat> Before that, I was youth pastor and all that kind of thing too. But as a, as a pastor serving a local congregation, about 30 years. But during those 30 years, I was in and out of ministry a few times. I'd, mm. I'd, I'd been fired once or twice. I'd quit once or you know forced out i quit um uh, a time or two before <clears throat> the last time and and those were not happy moments mm -hmm. um they they were difficult times but this last time i left i just knew um it was a mutual agreement um, between me and the congregation that we were no longer compatible theologically that i <laughs> felt i needed to um leave in order to continue on my own personal spiritual journey and i thought it was best for me to do that and i thought it was best for the church that i left it at that time handed it over to other hands that um, there was a better more mutual compatible relationship so i call it a kind of a uh, amicable divorce between me and the last congregation as it ended up um i that was when i stopped being an actual member of a church too I, I didn't mean it to become that but it did and so that that happened in 2010 which you know that's 12 years ago it is a long time and uh so i've been you know pursuing my own personal growth and my own being more and more authentic and and you know i have a lot of people wondering if i'm still christian a lot of people believe i'm an atheist a lot of people believe i'm a full-on you know, pastor, but without a church and doing it online and other people think I'm going to hell in a handbasket and other people, you know, I'm, I'm all over the, because I think I am trying to appeal to the whole diverse spectrum of, of humanity. Uh, and because I really do believe I, I behave on that assumption that we're one. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I tell people my home is in Christianity, but I have cottages everywhere um, or, or that, you know, Christianity is my DNA. Um, it's in my DNA uh, and I, I don't reject that, um, but I don't let it limit me either. Um, mm -hmm. And I also have, uh, I consider the church my spiritual mother. I wouldn't be where I am now without the church. <clears throat> and I, I'm very grateful for, for all that. But um, yeah. So for me, it, it is a journey. And for me, leaving the church was um, in the ministry was a necessary uh, step in that process for me. So I think you're right. Well, 
Right, so I've got two questions. What direction do I go? Let me start with <laughs> you speak of the, you know, the naked pastor, you know, is this uh, <laughs> catchy. You go to the website and you speak very clearly about it being a community. I mean, so someone could say, well, it's a guy who creates art um, and speaks his mind on things, but you speak of it as a community, which, yeah. I, you know, I know comes from that DNA. But tell me why that matters to you that what you're doing is communal. Um, because it kind of goes along with what I've been saying. Um, I, I really care about people, not in not just individually, but I'm fascinated by our ability as people to function and to live in community. So, uh, you know, when I left the church, um, and maybe there's some of your listeners here who've left the church, I think we can agree the the greatest pain that we feel, I think, is the loss of community. Mm -hmm. uh, more than, you know, missing the sermons or missing the potlucks or missing the <laughs> place to send our kids for Sunday school or the place, you know, all those things. I think the top thing that we all experience the greatest loss in is community. And it's really, really hard, maybe even impossible to replace that with anything else. I've tried. And nothing matches the church's ability to provide community, in my in my opinion. So, um, uh, you know, a couple of years after I left the ministry and left the church, I was feeling this loneliness. You know, I was teaching in a university um, and, you know, I was teaching along with other teachers and teaching students. And there was, uh, you know, there was community there, but it, it didn't feel the same. And so I started... Um, well, I actually started an online community at that time called the Lasting Supper, mm -hmm. and it's still it's still going uh, and growing, and uh, because I needed it, that was my first motivation was was I need some sense of community of people who get me in all of me, you know, like including my spiritual deconstructing self, you know, yeah. and uh, and and so that just has basically kind of. Uh, grown. And, you know, I started the Lasting Supper in 2012. Mm -hmm. And that idea of deconstruction and so on has grown since then. And more and more people are identifying with that and finding fellowship with other people who are in this deconstructing thing. So for example, my Instagram account, where there's over 111,000 followers there, I, it's very much feels like a community. And it's very diverse. You've got anywhere from church-going believers and even pastors to full-on atheists and everybody in between. And there's um, rabbis and imams and priests and, and other all kinds of people. The diversity is wonderful. And that, to me, is sort of a microcosm picture of what the world can be. I really do think that the world can be this way, where the, it's incredibly diverse but we somehow figure out a way to, to live together peacefully. Uh, now, I my, uh, in fact, today's cartoon mm -hmm. um, in The Naked Pastor uh, is, it, there's a sign that says, welcome to heaven. Everyone welcome, except those who don't welcome everyone. And that, that <laughs> it for me, is how community works. Uh, everybody's welcome. But if you don't believe everybody's welcome, 
So for example, a gay person or a trans person or a person of color or a woman or a child or an old person or a poor person or a refugee or, you know, you name it, then you're not welcome because that, that community can't work that way. Everyone's welcome, except those who don't welcome everyone. And, and so I carry that further. I think that would be a good definition of heaven. I don't believe in a literal heaven, mm-hmm. but if, if there was, that'd be a good definition of heaven. Everyone welcome. Diversity. Everyone. We learn how to love one another. Um, hell to me would be sharing space with people you hate. And, and I think that uh, is the opposite of community. And so that's what I strive to achieve uh, in the Lasting Supper on my Instagram and other places is everyone's welcome. But if you can't welcome everyone, uh, you, 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 it just doesn't work, right? So. Well, and it sounds, you know, of course you, you say it like that, it sounds so obvious. <laughs> and, um, and yet what an insightful and helpful sentence to just um, lift up for people. I, I, I've stumbled over those words in, in my own congregation for years because like, I know that not everyone is welcome. Um, and, and that's the language I've been searching for. So I just think you've really touched on a yeah, well, brilliant um, insight. The, the problem is, mm-hmm. okay, one of the problem is most religions are very exclusive. So mm-hmm. including Christianity, generally speaking, um, believes that it's the right way, the only way, the way. Yeah. And uh, so that if uh, it's a community of, of, of Christians, let's say, um, an atheist or an agnostic or a, a poor per- person or what, whatever, LGBTQ person, um, that person will feel the missional evangelistic pressure to become like that group, right? So um, I oppose that. I reject that approach. Uh, I think we should be decolonizing Christianity Mm-hmm. Uh, and the church and the faith even and all religions ought to be doing that as well um so that and you know we can actually see it in practice it's not milked or dumbed down it actually mm-hmm. creates a very powerful deep rich dynamic when you're in fellowship with somebody who doesn't believe the same way you do but we're willing to live together and figure out how to navigate this on a daily basis I think that makes for a powerful, in fact, I've proven it. I, I, that's the way I functioned in my last church. Um, and it was powerful. The community was powerful. It was had a powerful uh, energy to it. And it's the same online. People can feel it and appreciate it. And that's where it begins, obviously. I mean, that's, it's about the relationships in our real lives um, that we can practice how to, um, to have that orientation to inclusion, to, to actually deep and true welcome. Um, That's where it gets tested, right? It's good to have the theory of all are welcome. Um, Well, we we need to relinquish control. Like I, I, as a pastor, I relinquish (laughs) control. I give you, I let you steer your own life. I let you become the master of your own destiny, the captain of your own ship. <clears throat> so I relinquish control. Instead, I'm like, um, 
I used to love, uh, well, I still do. I love pictures of shepherds with sheep, mm -hmm. like in, um, you know, uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries or, or so on where shepherding is a thing or yeah. um, in Ireland or wherever. And the sheep wander around and the, and the shepherd just follows. It's actually the shepherds who follow the sheep, mm -hmm. right? And you, you never see a shepherd walking ahead and a big flock of sheep behind. Sheep <laughs> just wander around. Um, they have their dogs keeping them in, you know, but uh, I love those pictures of the shepherd following the sheep. <laughs> and yeah. that's, I think, is a good picture of a pastor where we 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 let go and mm -hmm. and let people figure it out for themselves. And we're, we're there for them as support. And and that's what I try to do on, with my online communities. And I think if more and more pastors and religious leaders and spiritual leaders would do that, um, I think we become less cultish and, yep. and more community. Yeah. Do you think there's any hope for organized religion? I mean, because I, um, it, it, when people are hurt by that, what you call that missional experience, that coming mm -hmm. through the door, you're welcome here, but then there's this pressure to be like us, and then you'll be really welcome. Mm -hmm. um, it is so prevalent. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know that there needs to be any hope for organized religion, um, but I sure hope there's, there's hope for uh, the message of Jesus of Nazareth. Well, um, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay. I, I'm, a lot of people think I'm against religion. I'm not, I'm not against the church either. I believe in the church. The church should have the right to exist. Religion should have the right to exist. Uh, it's a human project. I mean, it's 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 something that people do. It's been with us for millennia. It's going to remain with us as long as humans yeah. are around, as long as we don't burn the planet first. Yeah. Um, but um, so I think it's here to stay. I, I, that's just my assumption. Um, will it morph and change? Yeah, I hope so that it will adapt. Um, will it be shut down by authorities? Well, we know that doesn't work. How many times has that been attempted through history? <clears throat> the church has a magnificent, weaselly way of surviving, um, even persecution, the severest kind of persecution. So I think religion, I think the church is here to stay. My only thing is that can we please do it in a healthy manner? That's all. That's all I'm talking about. Uh, I don't want, I'm not trying to end religion or end the church. I, I'm just very loud about um, doing it in a healthy, healthy manner. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you mentioned Jesus. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what we see in the Gospels, um, when we read between the lines, is that he seemed to be about um, personal freedom. Mm -hmm. And also about how, how are we free in, in community? Um, how can mm -hmm. we remain free uh, in, in community? And that's, I think that's an important question. Uh, I think a community is on its way to being functional and healthy. If it asks this question, how can I be free without violating your freedom? And how can you be free without violating my freedom? And if we struggled with that dynamic, I think that creates for real um, health because it encourages you to be authentic in ways that doesn't harm others. 
and 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 the same for me and that that boils right down to like my relationship with my wife lisa with my kids and and it moves on out in ripples to the world like how how can i be authentic how can i be myself um how can i be free without harming others and and if we can figure that out uh i think we're on our way to being healthy as a community mm-hmm. so people look at someone like you who you know you made a, a, a dramatic career change perhaps even followed your passion as an artist i mean people don't become artists they're kind of <laughs> born artists yeah. it was in your dna yeah. um and we so celebrate those moments when people um make a change and i don't know lean more into their true and authentic selves so sure. i guess you know, my question to you is um there's lots of us struggling in the world today for you know what do i do with my life how do something's not right in my current reality um Mm. how do i make that change Mm. and i'm guessing that um that there's a whole lot of struggle and discernment and um grace and grief that leads to that moment of all right i'm gonna leave my job as a pastor and become an artist can you give us some insight into um (laughs) Yeah, like maybe some assurance that it's not just a lightning bolt moment that you struggled along the way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was. Yeah, it 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 looks uh, easy on paper, simple on paper, but it's like you say, it's very complicated. <clears throat> the um, like I said, I'd I'd been uh, f- you know told to leave or fired or whatever before, but I I have left the ministry a couple of times voluntarily. The first time was in 1995. I was um, uh, a Presbyterian minister, and uh, I'd been pastoring for many years, and uh, I'd been asked to go and plant a church, uh, a Presbyterian church um, in a new town. And so I thought this is my chance to start from scratch and build the kind of church I would go to. And and so... um, I took the job and I started a church. I planted this church. And within two years, I hated my life. <laughs> I the hated life you had job. so longed for. <laughs> what happened was all the lapsed Presbyterians came out of the woods and uh, not literally, but they all came and joined the church and put all their expectations on, on the church for what they wanted. And I hated it. I hated, I hated my life. I hated my job. I didn't like the church. I, but here I, I felt really trapped. So I had three young children, my wife, we lived in the manse or the parsonage, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, they were paying me well, uh, had my car, you know, all, all this stuff. And I went to bed one night, just totally, totally, totally depressed. I was just I, I didn't, I felt so trapped. I didn't know what to do because I hated, I just hated my life. And that night I had a dream and all it was in the dream was I heard the voice, it's time. And I woke up laughing mm-hmm. and I woke Lisa up and she's laughing and the kids come running in, jump on the bed and they're laughing. And they're all asking, what do we, what's so funny? And I was like, I'm not trapped. I'm, we're not trapped. I can just quit. like nobody's got a gun to my head I can just quit (laughs) like I was like I I I realized what was making me feel trapped was I was afraid 
of the consequences mm. of living free. Mm. Sure, r- rational fear, like not being paid, you know, mm-hmm. not having a house, mm-hmm. losing the car, losing my reputation, losing my, you know, um, ambition, like my my vocation, all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Sure, there was a lot to be afraid of, but that's what was trapping me was my fear. And so mm-hmm. I went to bed trapped and I woke up a free man. It was amazing. And wow. so I quit. Lisa was <laughs> like, yeah, let's do it. We quit. We sold everything. We packed everything in the van with our kids and we just drove away. I'm telling you, it was the best time of my life. And, and it taught me a huge lesson because within three, uh, within um, one or two years, we were back on our feet and I was pastoring again. And uh, it, it, it was magical. Like it was, it was the time of our life. We were, were so happy. I mean, we were camping, we were living in people's basements. We were, you know, it was, it was, people thought we were crazy, but we were happy and we were free. And that taught mm. me a lesson. Whenever we're feeling trapped, whenever we're feeling hopeless, whenever we're feeling unhappy, often it's because we're afraid to live free. We're afraid to make that choice. We're afraid to make that decision. And I've done it since. I've done it since when I start feeling trapped. I'm like, okay, what am I afraid of? Oh, I know what I'm afraid of. Okay, let's do it. And we do it. Mm. And it always works out. It always works out. So the same applies if you're in a sucky job or you have Mm -hmm. a nasty boss or you're in a terrible church, a terrible marriage, terrible, whatever. It's, It's your fear could be rational and maybe you do need to wait until it's sane and safe, but maybe you just need to make a decision for yourself what would make you happy and do that and i I, i've proven it in my own life so that that's what i would say to the people who are listening um just see what is it write down what you're afraid of Mm -hmm. and then say can i can i do this uh can i muster the courage to do this in order to be happy and um i think most of the people would say yeah Wow. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Well, that you've done it more than once. I mean, that it wasn't just. I have done it more than once. I've proven it. I've proven it <laughs> in great. my own life. And, and, you know, so I make it sound like it was an adventure and it was fun, but you know, we did, I was afraid once in a while, where are we going to get the next meal? Mm-hmm. How are we going to pay a bill? How are we going to keep our car? <clears throat> where are we going to live? You know, what are people thinking? trying to appease my mom and dad, you know, and all, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, sure. It, there was some struggle there, but I'm telling you, I was happy. I had the energy to to do that um, because I was finally free. Well, and, and it opens you know up. What? It's kind of like yeah. the story. I'm sorry. It's kind of like the no, story. <laughs> kind of like the story of the Israelites uh, leaving Egypt. It's hard. Yeah. And they're mumbling the whole way. And, they're complaining all yeah. through it. And, and, you know, at least back there we had leeks and onions onions you know that's the way life is that's the that's the analogy of life um to move forward and to get what you want and to be happy and to be free and to have your own home and land metaphorically speaking and to be in your own space and to be your own person is hard there's risk it's scary you have to make choices for yourself but it's worth it Mm. rather than living trapped in your own fear 
Well, and it seems to me that living, uh, walking through the fear and making those um, life-giving choices, mm-hmm. we're being called upon to do that more and more, and we will be in the decades ahead, right? I think of the life uh, that my children are looking forward to, and um, yeah, if we keep looking back for the leeks and the onions, uh, we're going to live our lives pretty disappointed yeah, in this unraveling sure. future. Yeah. Um, well, one one last uh, just a question to just come in from a whole different angle, because I wanted to be sure to ask you about your art. Um, and you are so well known for your cartoons um, and you have these stunning watercolors as well. And you. you look at you look at your beautiful art and think, what, these came from the same person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, tell people the, what it is your watercolors express um, yeah. in a way that your your cartoons can't. So my cartoons, you know, it's a great observation. And I, I constantly wrestle with, uh, you know, brand confusion, you know, <laughs> where you've got the naked pastor with his contentious, controversial cartoons. And then you've got naked pastor with these pretty landscapes. Mm. And they come from the same person. <clears throat> It, they come from me and they feed each other. So um, yeah, I have my controversial cartoons, but they come from, I really do believe they come from a place of caring for people, um, uh, concern. Um, I, I, I really do fight against abuse, um, oppression, uh, limiting people, controlling people. I really fight against that. I'm loud about it. And my cartoons are all about that kind of thing. <clears throat> my my uh, paintings are more contemplative. And where, and I live a kind of contemplative lifestyle where, you know, I'm, I live on a river. Uh, Lisa and I go for walks in the woods every day. Um, I'm alone a lot. I, I'm pretty much the life of a hermit. Uh, and and I I contemplate a lot. I meditate. I write in my journal. And and there's that restful repose, serenity kind of side to me that um, keeps me uh, peaceful and uh, at rest. And it's out of that though mm-hmm. that um, maybe my what some people call my prophetic voice arises. Uh, I want other people to live like this, where it's peaceful, that they can be peaceful and be at peace with other people and where they're not being controlled by some authority or system and uh, or organization or something. Uh, I, I really do believe that we can live in a world where, like me, we're free and uh, we can engage uh, uh, volitionally with other people when we want, where we want and um, how we want. And, uh, and if we can just learn how to insist on that, <clears throat> that's what we want. And um, force or challenge the systems to serve us because they're, they're creatures too. Um, and like the, the creation story, we're to have dominion over the creatures. <laughs> Unfortunately, organizations like to have dominion over us. Uh, yeah. they should be serving us, not us serving them. So that's what uh, I think my explains the the 
apparent imbalance, but I think it really is a balance between my contention and contemplative sides. That seems like a great place to, to leave it. Um, thank you so much, David, for bringing your insights and wisdom, but really for just showing up with your whole self today. I, I know that the listeners will be very much fed by what you've shared. Thank you. Well, thank you. And can I just say my new book? Yeah. Right now. My new book just came out. So is this book that. number seven? Is that Ten. Ten. Holy. Um, give the title and I'll tell people where to find it. Yeah. Flip it like this and you can get it on Amazon. Barnes and Noble, Indie Books, anywhere your local bookstore could order it in for you. But it's Flip It Like This, and it's my best of cartoon book. Um, and uh, some in there that you've never seen before, too, including Eraser. So uh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so yeah, you can learn more about David at the uh, Naked Pastor. Pretty easy to find online. And indeed, um, his Instagram page is a great way to get those uh, cartoons daily yeah. and to join a community um, where all are welcome, except yeah. those who aren't welcoming. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Souls in Souls, a podcast for the spiritual but not religious and the religiously spiritual. I'm Beth Hayward coming to you from Vancouver, Canada, and I hope that you received a bit of sustenance for your spiritual journey through today's conversation. If you did like what you heard, please be sure to share it with a friend, uh, subscribe and like our podcast, and you can check out more of what I do through canadianmemorial.org. Look forward to sitting down with you again. Until next time.